Gonzaga Nation SI, today we have a special guest, the Dons of San Francisco's radio play-by-play man, Pat Olson, joins to preview tonight's semifinal game. Pat, thanks for joining. Yeah, good to be with you again, Dan. Absolutely. A heck of a season for the Dons. You guys are sitting at 24-8. and eight. You guys have 24 wins, the same amount as Gonzaga. That hasn't been the case <laughs> in, in a number of years. Tell us a little bit about how this season has come to the point of being in the semifinals of the WCC tournament. Well, the the Dons, I guess, to go back to the start of the year, had a very good non-conference. They started eight and zero. They had some some good wins, you know, in the early part of the season. Beat Davidson in a, what they call a neutral site game, even though it was in San Francisco at uh, Chase Center. Uh, came down here to Vegas to play in the same building at the Orleans Arena at the Las Vegas Invitational. Uh, beat Towson and then UAB. Um, so, you know, rolled through the non-conference pretty well. Nice road win at Arizona State. As you know, the, the league's a little tougher. USF went to 10 and 6 in league games. I know Todd Golden and his staff feel pretty proud about the fact that they're one of just three teams in the West Conference that got all 16 games in. And then uh, a nice win the other BYU. I, I think folks around the program feel that, you know, that, that I don't know if you want to use the word lock, but I'll use it that they've kind of locked themselves in to an NCAA tournament bid. I think it's hard to drop down now, given where they stand. The, the Ken Palm is 21. Uh, the net ranking, you know, 24, 25. Um, that's pretty heady stuff. They, they've had a great year. It's It's been a fun ride. It's been a fun group to be around. Yeah, I feel that USF is a lock. You know, I think the highest ranked net team that has ever not made the NCAA tournament would have been North Carolina State, I believe, last year at 33. So, you know, if you're flirting in that mid-20s range, you are in the NCAA tournament. And I've said all year long, it was at least a three-bid league. I thought it was a four-bid league for quite some time this year. Um, has that success this year generated more interest on the Hilltop? And if so, is there a contingent of Don's fans in Vegas this week? You know what, to, to answer the latter part of your question first, uh, the game the other night against BYU and, you know, the Cougars travel really well. He large student body, uh, large, you know, base of population all around the West Coast. And they had a lot of fans. However, USF really did travel well there. I was uh, I, I even commented in the radio broadcast. I was pleasantly uh, surprised to see the large number of fans down here in Vegas supporting USF. And I know a few more folks that after the first win, they're on their way to see the game tonight. Um, and yeah, you know, at home games, we've seen attendance up. What we, what I've noticed, you know, from the radio side, we do a, a weekly talk show. You, you were a guest on the show. I know a couple three weeks back and, you know, the, uh, that, that show is, a, it's also put out on a, cod, a podcast and the podcast hits are high. We're getting like 2000 to 2,500, you know, after the show is aired. So we're getting a fair amount of people coming back and listening in the end. I'm seeing a lot of stuff on, you know, Twitter and just a, a lot of social media about USF. So I think definitely the interest is up, you know, it, you know, some of the home games were traditionally, you might not see a lot of fans for, you know, less marquee opponents have been well attended. So that, a lot of folks excited about this USF team. That's awesome to see. I think you guys have one of the up and coming coaches across the country and Todd yeah. Golden. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, when you're on the, it's hard to figure out exactly what your message to your team is. What has Todd Golden's message been to his team? 
Well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, put words in Todd's mouth, but, you know, coming down the stretch, you know, Todd was really focused on the next game and not worrying too much about, you know, while it's certainly in the back of everybody's mind, an NCAA tournament bid, but USF came down the, the, the stretch of the schedule with a, a, a road game at Pacific, then the home, home game against Gonzaga, and then uh, at San Diego, and then the first game here in this tournament against BYU. But I don't think the coach Golden was ever, hey, we got to win two out of three, or we got to win three out of four. It was focus on the moment. And I think that was a good message to the guys, you know, keep it in the present. Let's not worry too much about the tournament bid. Go get some victories. And that will all kind of take care of itself. Well, obviously, guys have definitely stayed in the moment because you guys have played great basketball throughout the year. Uh, as we mentioned, they've got a big game against Gonzaga in the semifinals tonight. But you've got a player that's got things going on in his life that are bigger than basketball. Yeah, and if somebody's am. not aware of one of your players, Voldemar Markovetsky, uh, started his career at Washington State. He's now at University of San Francisco. He's from the Ukraine, and obviously anybody following world news knows uh, all of the things, unfortunately, that are going on there. If there's anything that maybe an outsider could know about Markovetsky and his approach and, and what he's going through, what would it be? Well, you know, first off, he's a very quiet young man. So, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's not the kind of guy that, that is real super outspoken. He has had a, a large number of media requests because of the Ukraine connection. You know, the inside story, uh, he, he, his mom and his younger sister, I believe she's 11 years old, have fled the country. So they, they went to, I think they went through Romania and found their way to Lithuania, last I heard. So they're, they're out of the country. However, his father works in law enforcement. So his father has stayed back in Ukraine to, you know, defend the country, so to speak. Now they are from, you know, Western Ukraine, a, a bit farther than where the action's happening, but still you feel for the young man because his family has been separated. He is obviously very separated uh, here in America, but I think, you know, college basketball for him has been like a, an outlet for at least a couple hours a day, whether it's a practice or a film session or the game itself, he gets to kind of <laughs> go let it, let it, let it drop out of his mind for just that little bit of time. Right. And I think that is a good outlet for him, but, but you feel for him. I talked to him a little bit yesterday. Uh, just, you know, we, we shared the elevator right up, but he's a big guy to get in an elevator with at seven, two, but, uh, you know, I talked to him about it and he, he thanked me for, you know, asking about his family. He's just, all I can say is he's hanging in there. He's doing about as, as well as you could expect given the, the situation going through. Well, God bless him, his family, as well as the Ukrainian people, all the people that are, are so important to him. And hopefully uh, there's a quick resolution to everything. I don't want to get too much in depth to that, but God bless him and his family. Last question, Pat, before I let you go. Um, is there a preference for anybody in the athletic department as far as where USF may be in the NCAA tournament that would allow enough people to travel to games? Well, obviously there's two West cities, so – you know, Portland and San Diego would be ideal for USF fans. We have a, a fair amount of alums and fans in Southern California. And over the years, when USF has played at Pepperdine, at Loyola Marymount, at San Diego, 
our fans have traveled well to those games. So San Diego, obviously within range of Southern California. We also have a pretty good support group in Portland. We've done some alumni gatherings before at Portland against the pilots that have been well attended. So that would be nice. I think, you know, any, anywhere else, obviously you're looking at some pretty distant travel. I know our, our analytics coach, uh, the assistant coach, Jonathan Sapphire hails from Buffalo, New York. So he, he's hoping we go to <laughs> Buffalo so he could see his family, but I don't know that he, anybody else around the, the travel party wants to make the trek all the way across the country. But you know what, at this point, as you said earlier, you feel like USF is a lock. Uh, you know, I hate to use that word because you don't want to jinx anything. It's been 24 years since USF has been to the NCAA tournament. But at this point, you know, they could say Timbuktu, you know, and, and they'd get in the plane because this is a, a cool experience to have for these young men, players. Todd Golden and his staff have done a tremendous job. And so wherever that plane heads, they'll be there. But obviously, the West Coast would be nice uh, for ease of travel and to have, you know, more of our fans in attendance. Well, I'm going to be calling games for Westwood One Radio at the Portland Pod, so uh, it would it would help me with my preparation. Is <laughs> USF is in the Portland uh, Pod for sure? I would love to watch the team play again in person. Uh, it's been a tremendous year, but thanks again for joining, Pat, and uh, hopefully we do cross paths in Portland in about ten days or so. Well, we'll put a word in with the committee and see if they can uh, swing it so you uh, get to see the Dons again. Sounds good. Thanks again for joining.